0: Stacy and Devin. The internet tells us that we're a health and wellness podcast, but you won't find any professional advice here. <laughs> That's right. We are just here to share our journey so that hopefully our failures make you feel better about yours. Uh, Devin, is there a category for just relatable podcast?
1: I don't know. Probably.
0: Let's be that. <laughs> Sounds good. Stacy. Hello. Devin. Hello. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? I I'm good. I'm good. I'm good today. Right. I'm all I'm right. doing much better than I was last week. So that's uh, um, you know, it's all everything's yeah. coming up. Millhouse. Uh, cat. Ke- you sound alive. I am alive. So that's good. I feel better. <laughs> yep. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally finally got cast to take their uh, tablets again. Um, as of oh, yesterday, I didn't so- realize they had stopped. Oh, I thought I talked about that last week. Maybe I didn't. About uh-uh. uh-uh. the fact that they had just like stopped taking their meds and it had no. been, oh, goodness. Yeah, that was like a big yeah. problem for, because oh. they had like completely stopped taking meds for like a week and a half um, because they got choked or gagged on one. Um, um, are they kind of big? Are they like horse? No, pills? they're they not. And they've never had oh. a problem. Um, Whenever, you know, everybody had strep except for Kess. And whenever we took Kess to the doctor <laughs> to get them tested, the, mm-hmm. the doctor was like, oh, well, your, your lymph nodes are a little swollen, so I could see why you might have been afraid that you had strep, but you don't, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and so I wonder, or Kess's Kes's hypothesis, because Kess always has a hypothesis, <laughs> um, is that they had been exposed to strep, and so their lymph nodes swelled up, And that caused them to not want to take the pills or Mm -hmm. that caused it to get stuck in their throat because they, it Mm -hmm. wasn't easy to go down. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is what caused this whole thing. And then they were just like stuck on it. Like they couldn't let it go type of type of thing, which is very Mm -hmm. possible. I mean, definitely it was a mental thing. Like, you know, they weren't able to, they, they tried it. It got caught in their throat and they gagged and then they tried again. And it happened again and they were like okay i can't do it anymore you know and then they just like would not try um okay and so it was just like this long oh thing about trying to um you know get them to okay well if you're not gonna take that you know could you take a take something else would you <laughs> would you be willing to take liquid no uh okay well then let's see if we could give you this patch maybe this patch would help and this patch does not it's not covered by insurance so it's like six hundred dollars oh. i was like no we can't do that uh, <laughs> no so, um, yeah so it was just like oh it was a nightmare for about a week and a half with all that stuff but they're taking the meds again um so things seem to be knock on wood doing better okay good <laughs> good good you oh, hoping um yeah and that definitely goes a long way to making making things better but it's also a short week um we've got a uh, half day tomorrow for school mm-hmm. and then nice. um we have thursday and friday off because it's thanksgiving mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's exciting um Yeah, So I'm feeling, I'm feeling, feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good about life at this moment. Good. We went to Bay's Mountain over the weekend, um, Mm -hmm. which is a nature preserve slash uh, planetarium (laughs) slash animal habitat place up in Kingsport. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'd heard about it before because it's, you know, it was close to where I grew up. But... I had never gone and it's been around since like the seventies, I think. So it's been around for a while and Mm -hmm. we ended up going this last Saturday and it was really nice. We got to see some wolves and some bobcats and, um, some snakes and turtles and, um, different types of like owls and hawks and stuff and then we got to go on a boat ride and we got to see a planetarium show and then we also got to do star watching and they have a little like a high-powered telescope in an observatory like thing up on the mountain so you can you know know, they'll turn it towards they had had it turned toward the moon um on saturday so we got to like look at the craters and the moon and that was really cool um but yeah so it was a nice little nice little weekend
0: nice that sounds nice uh i don't know how you find all these weird things that uh, apparently exist in knoxville but never knew <laughs> well it's king's
1: so it's like two hours away oh um, well, that's true okay yeah but i yeah i i'm always looking for something to do <laughs> yeah yeah that's that is uh that's my motto or something i don't know yeah yeah my fatal flaw well, probably
0: <laughs> yes actually <laughs> it probably drives you crazy it's like, can you just take a nap? Nope. Never once. Mm-hmm. No, never. <laughs> uh, nope. No, no downtime. <laughs> no downtime allowed. How are you doing? Um, good, but I'm a little bit in. Um, I don't know if decision paralysis or Uh-oh. just like a panic or what. But um, I'm trying to pick my new planner for. T- <laughs> oh no! Yeah um yeah so I might I may make a whole episode out of this but the gist of it is oh I hope
1: we do you've been yeah. working oh, so yeah, hard that's on true. it yeah
0: but yeah. yeah um the gist of it is so I, I well and you you actually do this a lot worse than me but <laughs> okay. I uh, so, sometimes set unrealistic expectations for to-dos so I'll be like I'll have like, I'll be like, oh, I'll do that this weekend. And then next thing you know, I've got 20 things on my to-do list that would realistically take like four days to accomplish. Uh And I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to do it this weekend with no realistic expectation of the time it would take. Right. So I want to try to do some proactive time blocking. But the problem is in a paper planner is that nothing ever goes perfectly according to plan. So... If right. I time block something and I mark it, if I highlight it or pencil it, or, you know, I guess I could pencil it, but uh, I've been doing highlighters and stuff. And if I do that and then my schedule changes, well, now that changes with the log because I also want a log of what happened in my life. Yeah. So I'm wrestling with two parts and how to make that work efficiently because I could, I could run two planners concurrently, concurrently, but... <laughs>
1: That seems you know, like a
0: lot. Yeah, that's not realistic. And so I'm um, trying to figure out how to make it work. I'm also debating on doing the time blocking in a digital style. So like on Sunday when I do my planning, I would do that digitally. Yeah. But the actual logging of the events would be... Paper. Um, Paper. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm kind of... I'm like stressing out. I spent like... I don't know, three hours on this last night. Just like staring at my at my different (laughs) planners. And I've already bought two planners and a weekly desktop template. So I've already bought like three things. Oh man. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm gonna do yet. So I it's a problem. It's a problem. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this has happened to you. We all knew it would. This was this has been building for years. And the funny thing is, I've circled back, of course, to Passion Planner. Of course. Because no matter how much I try to get away, I keep circling back. So I did buy the undated version um, this time. So that way, if I skip around, it won't be a complete waste. But um, the funny thing was, so I found, an, uh, well, when I wanted to test the time blocking thing, um i knew that i had bought an undated planner in the past and so i went and found it in my you know office or whatever and it was from 2015 and i hadn't used the whole thing because of course i had squirreled in the middle of the year right yeah well, so- well i mean i feel like
1: that's just normal at this point it's just yeah yes yes
0: um and so but it's funny looking back at all the stuff from 2015 like things i was planning or things that was going on or, yeah you know just whatever um it's it's fun to look at that now being in in 2023 so it's been kind of fun but i've been playing with some blank pages in the back of it
1: just to see if it feels right yeah yeah, yeah. well <sighs> Um, I'm sending you something, um, that, and we can talk, like, like I said, I imagine we'll make a whole episode out of this, but, um, Mm -hmm. mine is not nearly, my idea about planning is not nearly as whatever is yours because, uh, I've just decided that I don't really plan. So what I'm doing (laughs) instead is, uh, you just need a schedule, right? Well, maybe not even that. So what this is, it's a mental health journal. And so mm-hmm. instead of planning, what you do is it, like, has a daily, and it's not predated, so if you skip a day, it's not going to, like, be the end of the world, but it just gives you, like, a little template of, like, how are you feeling? What self-care things did you do? How much water did you have? Rate how you, the, what the day is, and then, you know, what did you do for self-love? What's your, what are you grateful for? And then what's on your mind? Um, okay. And what's your next step? So it's, like, a, a very quick-hitting reflective thing which I feel like that might be more helpful for me (laughs) than yeah you know the the deep dive planner thing like maybe this maybe I just need to just have something to kind of force my force me to reflect on a daily basis or however long however many times I actually get to it um, yeah to uh to do that so I, I thought that was cool um, so I might do that, and then of course I really like the tarot journal. So I don't know if I'll do yeah. both or if I'll do just this one and maybe put my, you know, just put the card in here because I mean I could do that. <laughs> yeah. I just be like I pulled the card today and here's the card it is and just like yep. put that in there somewhere if I wanted to. Um, I don't know we'll see a lot of it may also be whatever because i've like thrown this stuff at thomas i mean like hey buy me something for christmas um so i guess whatever whatever yeah whatever he decides he should get me (laughs) is what i'll get with (laughs) yeah that's true that's always that could be the best too
0: yeah the best of whatever um I so what I've never been a person that kind of wakes up and sits around I've always like on the work day I've always been someone that like cuts it to the last second that I can and then gets up and runs out the door but right since I've been doing the Invisalign um it's really annoying to have to brush your teeth at work because brushing your teeth in a public bathroom is real awkward right um and so I have uh, just due to that I've had to drink my coffee at home which makes me sit around for like 15 minutes um oh, okay. and so it's kind of yeah it's kind of been nice and I could definitely use that to kind of plan my day if I wanted to take a more day-by-day approach yeah yeah um I might could do that but yeah so I'm just kind of like sitting around in the morning kind of relaxing drinking my coffee right looking at magazines or whatever it's been it's kind of different so you know yeah yeah it gives me more time to plan i guess yeah in addition to my <laughs> to my yeah. uh you know sunday planning that i already do right right sorry this this episode's not about planners <laughs> i was just trying to say that that's all that's all i can think about i even took them to work with me today to stare at them while i was on my lunch oh my gosh uh, yeah yeah so sorry i'm a little it's okay o- ocd about it right now it's They're okay hyper focused
1: i i understand i've been there get it
0: yeah
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> me understand hyper focus no never <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never <laughs> not me oh yeah. all right well um let's see here what are you drinking okay. that's uh i'm drinking
0: that. a rosé from Ooh. that um Ryan William Winery that we went to in upstate New York. Yes. So we have two bottles left. Uh, one is a white that's called like Vintner or Gr- Gr- Grisner Vittner or something. I don't know. It's some kind of wine I've never heard of, but okay. Uh, we've got that and then this rosé. So this is the down to two bottles, but nice. so I'm enjoying that with some um, metal ice cubes so they don't water down my wine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's nice. There's like yep. the whiskey rocks, right? Like Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. I remember those. Oh, that's funny. Well, good. Yeah. What are you drinking? I am drinking a um, Blackberry Farm Brewery Goat Hill beer. A Kolsch-style ale. So, I've been very into beers lately. I don't know why. I, okay. Um, I think maybe because... Like you know, drinking the same box wine is great, but like, <laughs> I yeah. can't get old after a while. Yeah, and a beer, I can open up one and have a new experience, as opposed to with the bottle of wine, I have to open up a whole bottle and then. That's very true. Drink it. Feel ob- Feel obligated, quote unquote, uh, yeah. invited to drink the whole yeah. goddamn bottle. So I'm tr- I'm trying to be a little bit better about how much alcohol I'm consuming um and so when I if I open up a beer it's not so bad even though what I have realized is that beers I feel perfectly comfortable like opening up like at supper time with food mm-hmm. so I'll end up drinking one then and then I'll drink another one and then I'll drink so it, I don't think oh uh, it's just it's just spaced, any less. yeah it's just spaced out for a longer period of time <laughs> oh,
0: well, <okay. laughs> so, it's lower ABV probably uh, so. yeah
1: I guess that's true but anyway it's, I have been better this week because it's a holiday week and a short week. I just was like, no, I'm going to drink during the week. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But uh, yeah. last week, the last two weeks, I have been uh, only drinking on the weekends, which was, um, I don't know if it helped. It was just such a crappy couple of weeks. It was probably the worst Aww. time to decide to quit yeah. drinking. Um, That's true. But, um, you know. So I may try that again uh, after the holiday, after Thanksgiving and, you know, give, give it a, yeah. give it a try. Yeah. It was like special, well, I was special definitely events only. Thinking, uh what? what did you a say? special events only.
0: <laughs> oh yes. Yes. Well, I was definitely, I'm all in on doing uh dry January except for while i was staring at my planner i realized that we're going to the beach in january so then <laughs> uh, yeah in my planner i was like definitely doing dry january and then i was like dot 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 oh after vacation <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna be like mid-january to mid-february okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> january-ish <Yep>. to february-ish <laughs> yeah
0: exactly but I'm i feel always- like
1: I feel like, um, I just might embrace the idea of ish and then ish becomes yeah. my new word for 2024. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going <laughs> to write that down because yep. I want to like, <laughs> that I may come back to that whenever we start planning for our next year. Cause I feel like okay. that might be one yeah. way that I could do something and succeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to be healthy ish. I'm going to move ish. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds perfect. I'm going to have, you know, decent ish mental health. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll yeah. do dry January ish. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Yeah. I was
0: thinking, I'm all in for, uh, when it's convenient for me.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <sighs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, well, should we go into our topic?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Since we're, we're, we're probably getting already halfway through
1: the episode. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, ish. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so what I thought we would do today is, gosh, when was this? It was November, beginning of November. No, it was, no, I think it was Halloween week. So it's the end of October, I want to say, is when this happened. Um, I was on Facebook, <laughs> shock, you know, surpri- <laughs> surprising no one. I was on Facebook uh-huh. and I had seen this ad come up because, of course, Facebook gives me ridiculously targeted ads. Just as a yeah. quick aside, the thing that they're, they're, tempting me with right now do you remember in the 80s those those weird markers that basically if you drew with them they they were like just glitter it was like shiny metallic markers and they have like a dark outline on the outside well now i'm getting advertisements for these markers (laughs) it's like we brought the 80s back and like it's such oh. a fucking core memory for me, those markers. Yeah. The way they smelled, the way that that felt to write with them. Um, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I don't know if I can. Could... <laughs> I'm going to have these markers. <laughs> Stupid Facebook well, ads.
0: They're probably not that expensive. So <laughs> no, it's like
1: $20. I, like, yeah. it'll be fine. Do it. But... <laughs> yeah. It's worth it for the nostalgia. Right. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so Facebook is really good. All I have to say, Facebook's really good at, at targeting me for yes, ads. And so I, sure. I got this ad for a free f- online um, conference for parents, and the title of the conference was "Mindful Parenting for High Needs Kids." Mm-hmm. And the they had like a list of people who were on, who were going to be guest speakers. And one of the people that they had on there was Dr. Daniel Siegel, who Mm -hmm. I have talked about before many times on this podcast as a Mm -hmm. a neuroscientist and writer who has, um, written and created and is just really, really great at the mindfulness stuff. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, well, hell, (laughs) this is is something I need to see. This is something I should, and it was free. So I was like, okay, well, there's gotta be a catch, right? Um... And there was the catch is that so it's an online conference, so it's it's not like at a specific time. It's pre-recorded um, sessions that they've done with these guest speakers, uh, but like they're only available for that one day that okay. you that they release them. So it's a five-day conference, um, and everything is only available on you know like the wednesday the thursday the friday saturday sunday mm-hmm. um when it comes out and so it's, it's like impossible to you, i don't know what kind of life you would you definitely not be yeah not definitely not be parenting um high needs kids to be able to sit there <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and listen to um five days nonstop of these um of these of these recordings, so mm-hmm. that's how they get you. Because if you really want all of them, if you want to be able to listen to all of them at your leisure, uh, then you have to pay for them. And uh, uh, I mean, it's like I mean, it's not inexpensive. It's like a hundred dollars, I think, to have you know unlimited access to all of the sessions. But there are also a lot of sessions, and a lot of it's really good. Um, Mm -hmm. but I don't have $97 to (laughs) get lifetime access to something like this. So I was just like, you know, as soon as I got home, putting in my AirPods and, you know, scribbling notes (laughs) while I'm, you know, washing dishes or whatever. So it was, Mm -hmm. um, it was not exactly the best conference experience, but it was a lot of really good information. Um, and so I took lots of notes and I learned a lot of stuff. And so I thought it might be helpful to like share some of my findings um, okay. and kind of go through it. I have so much stuff. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out what the best way is to like go about <laughs> this because yeah. This is where I was going to go into true, true to form, true, true to form for Devin. Mm-hmm. I would like go into the office. I would get scrap pieces of construction paper that were pink that I knew none of the kids would ever want to use again. And I would just like be writing down my notes as I was listening, you know, in the kitchen doing something. But then another day, I might be sitting at my computer. And so I would bring up a notion notebook and type in um my notes that way so depending on the day I have notes like everywhere
0: (laughs) oh my gosh of course of course chaotic fashion yes
1: I mean there's there's no rhyme or reason to anything that I do so it's fine um (laughs) but I thought what might be best would be for me to go through um like the days, and then just hit on the things that I actually listened to um, and talk about my key takeaways, because I only listened to like one or two sessions in each one. Um, And then like focus really hard on the ones that like the sessions that really uh, spoke to me, if that, if that, if that works. Yeah, I think that works. Okay. Awesome. All right. So we'll get started. So, first day, day 1 was helping with feelings and there were a lot of different options of things to to listen to and stuff to help you like um think about feelings and communicate with kids. The first thing that I listened to was um ridiculously powerful. So that was like if if the first session I had picked had been like a dud, then I mm-hmm. may have been like no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But I picked a session called Mindful Communication: Simple Tools to Talk with Kids, even during a conflict. And the guy who um, was the the presenter was named Oren J. Sofer. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting because his his session was all focused on the idea of communication with kids being focused on or having a nonviolent communication uh, approach. And so that's a very specific way of communicating that um, is not based on right or wrong and instead Mm -hmm. really focuses on human needs. And Mm -hmm. you use that a lot whenever you're you're trying to um, resolve conflicts or trying to, you know, um patch things up or you're in a highly tense situation as an adult, like you would still mm-hmm. use these. Like nonviolent communication is uh something that diplomats and whatever get training on so that whenever uh. they go into these high stress, high stakes situations, they can like figure out ways of communicating and and being firm with the things that you need or your boundaries, but without causing more
0: problems, yeah. <laughs> right? Without coming across as aggressive or exactly. aggressive to be defensive. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So the suggestion here was that this is also an approach that you could take with your kids. Um, okay. And so instead of just telling your kids, go clean up your room, um, mm-hmm. think about, okay, so why, first of all, why am I making this request? Why am I asking uh-huh. this? Is mm-hmm. it, and this is something you're asking yourself first. Okay. So get, you got to get right with your own self first. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yep. am I asking it because I, I care about order and cleanliness and beauty? Um, am I asking it because I want to build um, an environment where my kids believe in cooperation and support? Am I just trying mm-hmm. to get them to have healthy habits? Whatever it is, make sure that I know why I'm asking it first. So that mm-hmm. way whenever I start to talk to them about it, it's not go clean up your room. It's like, Hey, I let's talk about the fact that you should really, I I think this would be a great idea. And let me tell you why. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, um, I think that you, it's important for you to build healthy habits. This is why I'm asking this for you. Um, Mm -hmm. and so the question is then not, um, Or, you know, you're not just like ordering them or making a demand. You're asking them, you're like, are you willing Mm -hmm. to clean up your room? Um, Or if they, you know, are like, no. And it's like, okay, well, is there another time that will work better for you? So it's not like you're letting it go, (laughs) but you're allowing them to have a little bit more control and choice. Um, Because if you place, if you just go out and placing demands, and this is definitely true for me and, uh, Kes, especially, um, Mm -hmm. then I am met with absolute resistance. Um, and even if they do the thing, you know, it's like, they're going to, chances are they won't do the thing. And if they do, they're going to do it under great duress. Um, but if you're asking, Hey, are you willing to do this thing because it's important because of all these reasons I've told you, then they're like, well, you know what? I don't want to, but yeah, okay, I'll do it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But okay, it's important.
1: Right. So the important thing is to think about what do you want them to do? What do you want their reasons to be? And then Mm -hmm. prioritize connecting with them and building understanding towards whatever that goal is. And what I will say is that as soon as I did this session, I... um, I this happened, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, I was trying to get Kes to do something and they were resisting me. And so instead of just being like, I need you to go brush your teeth. It was like, Kes, this is the time of day that it is. It would really mean a lot to me if you would go brush your teeth for two reasons. Number one, I feel like you're fighting me on a boundary. And mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, it makes me feel like you don't respect me when you don't um listen or you know respect my boundaries. Um mm-hmm. number 2, if you don't brush your teeth, like your teeth are going to rot out of your head.
0: And I don't
1: I did not <laughs> yeah. want that for you. <laughs> no. And then no. it's like, "Oh, okay." It's like, "Okay, now we've had this conversation. I get that you're not just trying to boss me around." Um mm-hmm. and now I'm willing to actually go do the thing. I think I still got yeah. a fine, but at least I got a <laughs> Yeah. I got it. I'm willing to do it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's still a victory. Yeah, exactly. Um. And it's important to remember that all of these things need to be based on human needs, um, because you know whether it's a, a need for connection, a need for approval, a need for. Um, hygiene (laughs) Mm -hmm. and making sure that whatever requests you're making are connected to some type of, um, human needs. Um, yeah. Now it's important to also understand that nonviolent communication parenting is not permissiveness. Um, Mm -hmm. the, this was a really good quote, which I felt was very, um, helpful for me. You are, um, what it's about is holding the other person's needs as important with your own. And so the idea is not for me, the, the main thing of that was like, Oh, I need to get them to understand that my needs are also important in this conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so that was like the, the aha moment for me. Cause I tend to like not pay attention to my needs, even with or without my kids. Um, uh- <laughs> But so like, okay, well, I need you to understand that whenever you're screaming at the top of your lungs, it really hurts my ears. (laughs) Yes. And it is a need for me, for you to not do that, Mm -hmm. you know. um, And the idea is that when you do set limits, you use the least amount of force with the most amount of love for the least amount of time. And so you you do put those boundaries in place, but you're not doing it as a punishment or as a, um, you know, punitive. It's like, this is done out of love for you. I'm not going to do it for a very long period of time. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm having to use some force here, you know, Mm -hmm. in order to protect you, you know, in order to protect your well-being in some way. Yeah. So, Anyway, I just really thought it was very good um, and very, very helpful. So I wanted to I wanted to share that one. That was my first okay. one. And I was like, OK, yep. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm all about this. Yes. Because um, it's really helping you. <laughs> and the kids. right. Exactly. finding your own things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the next one that I listened to on that same day was. Uh, Lynn Hurdle's Conflict in Families is an opportunity for connection. Um, and that was okay. That was not nearly as um, impressive or as like, impactful for me. But it was basically mm-hmm. just looking at conflict as an opportunity and also um, m- skillfully modeling conflict for your kids. So not avoiding it, um, mm-hmm. letting them see what it looks like, uh, letting them see what listening looks like, letting them see what that resolution looks like. So, uh, you know, you may tend to try to, at least for me, not that we, we don't even really have that many conflicts, but you know, if there's a conflict, I tend to like, not want the kids to see like mommy and daddy fighting, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. but like, it's important for them to see that it's important for them to see, healthy resolution to conflict. They need to see that modeled. Otherwise they're going to freak out whenever it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was day one. There were a lot of other sessions, um, but those were the two that I actually um, listened to. Okay. Uh, Day two was about creating peace at home. Um, And I, I, I think there were a couple that I listened to on here. The first one was by Mary, Dr. Mary Sheedy Kursina? Kursinka? I don't know about her last name, but it was all about raising your spirit, your spirited child. Um, and it wasn't really anything that was groundbreaking for me or something that I hadn't heard before. Um, Mm -hmm. It was really about trying not to label your child in a negative way, knowing that you're, um, you know, they they have a flight or, f- flight or fight response happening in their brain, um, mm-hmm. not seeing them as, as bad kids. Um, and then helping others see that, you know, like helping providing other people who may see your child as a problem, um, uh, yeah, with a different vision. Like, okay. hey, how okay. a, he, my child is just differently wired. My child is um, having a really difficult time, but not mm-hmm. being a difficult person. You know, like that's the difference. Yeah, um, and a couple of things that sh- that they talked about was structure being the foundation, which of course. That I could definitely see. Um, It talks about like every surprise triggers the arousal system. So Mm -hmm. anytime that there's even a happy surprise. um, Yeah. Can cause them to get sped up. So keep things Mm -hmm. calm and expected. Um, And then one of the things that she really focused on. Which I thought was really interesting. Was the two major things to help a kid with emotional dysregulation is to have Mm -hmm. them get enough sleep and get enough to eat. And Uh, like, I feel like, and and she said that if you have a child, if you have to wake a child up in the morning, um, then that kid's not getting enough sleep.
0: (laughs) And I was like, that's
1: interesting. Even though that made me think about all the stuff that you have been doing with Mm -hmm. your, uh, you know, your experiments with the, resetting your um, uh, rhythms, circadian yeah. rhythms and Sleep stuff. Cycle. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I feel like that's part of it because my kids, mm-hmm. I definitely have to wake them up uh, on yeah. on days that we're going to school. Now, during weekends, they, they wake up normally and they wake up probably only an hour after I need to wake them up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like naturally. <Yeah. laughs> um, yeah. But it's still an hour less than... You know they need now. I don't know if I can get them to bed any earlier because I'm, you know, as it is, I, bath time starts at seven. They're mm-hmm. you know getting ready for bed at seven thirty. I don't know like how much they would not have much of a day. <laughs> they're just yeah. like so. I don't know how to get them more sleep, but it is possible. Well, so they're not getting enough usually, sleep
0: usually. Um. But you, so does it take them an hour to get to sleep? Because if you say you start to put them to bed at 7.30, but usually if we're doing something and you're like, yeah, I can't do it until after the kids go to bed, it's usually 8.30 or 9. Right.
1: Because. So it takes them an hour? It takes them about an hour. Well, because they have to, they brush their teeth, they, you know, do all that, they get in bed and then Mm -hmm. there's some type of wind down activity, whether it's reading or drawing or something to kind of like get them calm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's, because we, this is, there are probably many ways that I have failed as a parent. (laughs) Putting the children to bed is absolutely Mm -hmm. something I will 100% (laughs) say that I have failed at because Uh what you're supposed to do is at some point get your kids to be able to put themselves to bed. Yeah, Um, yeah. And I've just, I was Ashlyn did it so well. Like she put herself to bed, no problem. Um, mm-hmm. but I just was not able to do that with these kids. And so I have always like, you know, scratched their back or rub their back or play music for them or, and sat yeah. in the room until they are entirely asleep because, yeah. and then they're used to that. So if I start to leave and they're not asleep yet, then they start to get upset. and so thomas and i will trade off um and so but both of us are kind of stuck in the room with the kid yeah for you know 45 minutes to an hour um getting them to sleep so yeah it sucks (laughs) it's not great that needs to change yeah and I would
0: say that just out of, obviously, we don't have kids, but right, <laughs> just right. Me talking to various parents, it does seem like your kids go to sleep later than other kids, but I can see why if they're taking an hour versus if other parents are like, yeah, I just tell the kids, like, go to bed, and I tuck them in and kiss them goodnight and then leave. Right. And, you know, they're done at 7.30 when they put them in the bed versus you're still there doing things for them. So I guess that
1: that makes sense. Right. Right. Um, but-
0: um, but to your point about the sleep routine, yeah, when I was doing it, um I'm I'm still kind of on track, but when I was being really diligent about it, I would 100% of the time wake up before my alarm. Right. So once you get that, yeah. So I I definitely agree with that like if you're getting enough sleep, then you don't have to be woken up per se.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I um I agree. So I need to figure that out. Um I need to get my kids to be able to put themselves to goddamn damn bed. But, yes. You know, we'll get, yeah. we'll get there. It's like, they're just... look, your
0: reasons are one, mom and dad need their sanity. Yeah. Two,
1: you're, you're grown up now. <laughs> yes. They need, they need, especially because, but both of them, but I mean, you know, I, yeah. whatever it's, it's a, uh, I, I understand that that is a flaw, <laughs> but <laughs> just, and you accept it. And I accept it, um, so we'll we'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was pretty much that the basis of that one. Um, then there was an individual named Danya Abraham, um, and she had a session on help your high needs child identify and grow his superpowers, um, which also was really interesting for me because Mm -hmm. she was very much like, Hey, life's messy. Um, You're not going to get it right. (laughs) So Uh Automatically I was like, okay, I like you. Um, Yep. 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 And she says she, her approach was so often we try to change who the kid is and what the behaviors are and what we should look instead is, Hey, what are these kids doing? Well, um and learn about like their strengths and their weaknesses and use that as like a backdoor, like look at their strengths and use that as a backdoor to help them work on their weaknesses. Okay, yeah. So if they see that they have, you know, a superpower, they are um they get very obsessed with a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um yes. for example, um, then what's the shadow of that? <laughs> Well, yeah. but maybe you're not going to be willing to put your book down to do some of your work at school. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's now let's turn that around. What about a struggle? You're having a hard time um, putting your book down. Well, that's because you're so interested in that book. However, you know, what else, how can you change that interest or how can you direct that interest towards something else? You know, mm-hmm. Um. So, I thought that was an interesting one, too. I thought it was really helpful. Um, Was that the only one that I listened to on those So, those were two. It looks like I took two from each day. Um, Day three, I don't think I listened to anything because I think that was, like, Friday night or something. (laughs) I was, like, not around. Um, Which I kind of hated because one of the that one was like creating success at school. So I thought it would be like super helpful, um, mm-hmm. but it just was not in the cards. Um, so day four was whenever I got back into um, listening to these again. And day four was all about addressing anxiety, ADHD, and autism. And this was a, uh, really helpful for me, especially, let's see, there were two. Let me get my this is where I have to change my notes. (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh the first thing that I uh listened to or or watched was Dr. Mark Burton. And Mm -hmm. he had a session that was mindful parenting for ADHD. And Mm -hmm. He said, and he said he got this from someone else, but ADHD isn't a disorder of knowing what to do. It's a disorder of doing what you know. Um, And he immediately goes into this idea of the fact that what is going on with ADHD is not that your mind's going in 500 different places. It's not that you're hyper and you can't calm yourself. It's that the part of your brain that manages your life is disordered. Mm -hmm. There okay. is a problem with the executive functioning part of your brain. Um, mm-hmm. So most of the time, kids know exactly what has to happen. They know mm-hmm. what that goal is, um, but they just can't get it. They just don't know what they're supposed to do to get to that goal. They can't get yeah. it done. Okay. Um, and so it really is like this developmental delay of executive function. And it's interesting because this was something that... I had always wondered about because Kess never exhibit. I mean, you know, Kess had a lot of energy. Kess was always high energy, but Mm -hmm. Kess didn't like have problems at school or things that were like, um, interfering with her, their ability to learn until, um, they got into third grade. Like they were able to go to school. Um, we did some homeschooling. They went into second grade, had, did great in second grade, no problems right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But then they got to third grade and everything just fell apart. But what happens, this is actually very common that ADHD doesn't get diagnosed until kids are older. And the reason is because um, you don't have quote unquote ADHD until you have a severe enough deficit that you're causing yourself problems. And Um. as you get older, more is demanded out of you. So mm-hmm. when you're in first and second grade, and I know because I teach in that classroom, they do not have any executive functioning skills, and it's fine. Like, they're <laughs> learning that, right? We're teaching right. them how to do that um, slowly, and, but we're still doing a lot for them. Um, yeah. So if they have a severe problem with executive functioning skills, it's not going to, it's okay. They'll be fine. <laughs> like, it's not going to yeah. cause them to freak out. Um, But as they get older, there's, they have to, they're, they're required to do a lot more from, you know, organizing themselves, organizing their work, organizing their life, um, organizing their emotions, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and it gets really complicated. And so the older that kids get, um, you know, the, the more likely that it'll actually show up as a problem, and this, he actually said that a lot of people don't even get diagnosed until they're adults because the level of executive functioning that they needed to do, um, was never like it didn't get so bad for them to cause a problem until they like reached adulthood. And now they're oh. having to manage a household and, you know, cause everything gets more complicated as you get older. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so I was like, well, that's also very, very interesting. Um, But yeah, so it was like, this was just so, it was just such a helpful um, session because it really did a great job of making me look at it differently as opposed to, um, you know, focusing on it as this... You know, oh, well, your, your brain is just not able to focus or whatever. It's like, oh no, Mm -hmm. you're having an executive functioning problem. And that explains all of this stuff. Um, and so the things that they said, um, is that it's really important to plan and, Mm -hmm. you know, look at the school plan. What is it doing to help support your kid? What Mm -hmm. supports do your kids have outside of school? Um, Mm -hmm. Make sure that health and health routines are in place. So, again, sleep, nutrition, exercise, um, and make sure that you're looking into medication. Mm -hmm. So I liked this guy so much that I actually got his workbook that he created for parents. And I haven't read it yet, but there's, like, because he created, like, a mindful parenting for ADHD book. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But I do have it, so I do plan to go through it and find out more. Because I was just like, "This guy is is the shit."
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sounds like it.
1: Mm. And then this was probably the one that I, the day that I got the most, <laughs> the most sessions done. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there were also, <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry, the next session that I listened to was Dr. Edward Hallowell. Um, and I'm not gonna talk very much about this guy, other than he was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. he his session was how to help kids with a d h d find their strengths and he he identified as someone with a d h d and you could tell that he was definitely like just kinda out there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and so he was just very trying to trying to actually get anything um that you could like use in like a like he started talking about the seven habits of highly effective ADDers and he didn't <laughs> even get to seven because he, <laughs> he got distracted he, he had squirled right yeah exactly He had, like four and he was like okay well i'm done <laughs> <laughs> so he definitely he has his
0: own he knows from experience right
1: basically. exactly yeah. Um, but a couple of things that he said that I just thought were funny, um, is he said that having ADHD is like having a Ferrari engine for a brain with bicycle brakes. (laughs) And I was like, okay, yeah, I see that. I see that. Okay. Okay. And then he said, um, in our world, there are two times now and not now.
0: I was like, all right. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so, it sounds kind of kooky.
1: Yeah, he was definitely pretty kooky, but he—it was—it uh, was. I felt like it was still a useful thing to, um, okay. to look at. Um, and then there were a couple other ones, four ways to help kids with ADHD succeed in school and life. Um, mm-hmm. And that was kind of the same sort of situation uh, as the other guy talking about. ADHD kind of being a misnomer because it's more about executive functioning problems. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he did go a little bit more into like the science behind it. He said that there are three fundamental differences in, um, in this kind of brain an ADHD brain. They have a harder mm-hmm. time uh, having large periods of attention if the thing is not engaging or high priority for them, if they're interested, they can yeah. stay super focused. But if it's like something they don't care about eh, they're gone. Um, yeah. Number two, their brain allows more information to come at them at the same time. So they don't filter out other info, even when they're in the middle of doing something. And that's one of the reasons why whenever Kess is like, on their screen or playing a game and thomas and I are having a conversation in the kitchen cast will be like wait what did you say what what happened there yeah yeah <laughs> or we'll like add to the conversation because they're listening while they are playing like they can do mm-hmm. both of those things concurrently yeah. um and then working memory uh where they temporarily hold things in their minds a placeholder. Uh, for what they need to do next. Um, so they have a hard time, like accessing working memory. So they put something mm-hmm. in their mind, it's gone. So they mm-hmm. really need to have some type of scaffolding um, in place to let them know what happens next. Um, yeah. Something in the terms of a sequence, which I think is why one of the things that's worked really helpful for Kess at school is that they just started giving her, a, giving them a very, plain like there's like six boxes and it just has their assignments in them it's very simple um yeah but because they have that they can look at it and be like i need to do this and this and this as opposed to yeah you know just sitting around and whatever being in decision paralysis right exactly um (laughs) because it can be really overwhelming if you don't have a idea of what what's your next step yeah so Anyway. I've
0: never related
1: more. <laughs> I say, are you finding, are you, uh, are you, uh, identifying at all with any of yeah. this? <laughs> all right, Yeah. And this I is the episode someone where to we-
0: give me... <laughs> I just need someone to give me my priorities, please.
1: <laughs> this is the episode where we discover that, uh, Stacey has ADHD.
0: Yeah. <laughs> surprise, yeah. surprising no one. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, not at all.
1: Um... um... And then day five was the uh, bringing it together. That was where Dr. Daniel Siegel does the Wheel of Awareness. He did like a simple meditative practice for parents and kids. I'll be perfectly Mm -hmm. honest. By the time I got to this, I was so tired having stayed up so late (laughs) and done all this that I like literally Uh, felt like, you know, he's a very calming presence. And so I'm like listening to him, like take us through this, this meditative practice. And I just fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like yeah this is it's like maybe different. it was uh it was probably very useful, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably um, but he actually like he's got a new book or something about the wheel of awareness, so it is useful to to look into that, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes because it's all about um looking at. Uh, it's, it's like puts together the mindfulness practice of like looking at with the senses and then um, going into like your interconnectedness to everything because you've, you've, you're like touching, tasting, smelling, seeing. So when you get to that point where you're in that flow and you're like aware of everything, you can feel mm-hmm. connected to everything. Um, and then you're thinking through your um, the interior of your body and, and your mental activities and then you go back around so it's like you're going over and over and over because yeah you know it's you can't stay in one spot in your mind um yeah so it's kind of a nice little visual to think about as far as mindfulness is concerned but um yeah but yeah it wasn't the most useful thing that i saw in the conference um And then the rest of these that I actually got a chance to look at, um, I wasn't very impressed with Byron Katie. Uh, She had like, her session was four questions to turn around any stressful situation. And I didn't feel like her questions were really great. (laughs) 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 I'm being perfectly honest. Um, Dr. Anne Louise Lockhart was pretty cool. Um, She had a session on helping your kid. Handle feelings, get organized, and develop self-control. Um, mm-hmm. Again, talking about, she, her suggestion was actually that ADHD needed to be called EFDD, Executive Functioning Developmental Disorder. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, and she went into a lot of like, uh, like, there's atypical frontal lobe development with ADHD. And what's mm-hmm. really interesting is that because of the way that kids act, you think that they're like overstimulated, but actually what's happening is they're understimulated. They have an understimulated frontal lobe and Mm -hmm. their processing speed is slow. Um, They have a sleepy brain. And so part of the reason why they're they're like, you know, it's like if you have a kid that's overtired, it's just like, whoa, like that's what's Mm -hmm. happening. Um, Your brain is so tired that it's not activating enough to control your impulses, basically. Interesting. So, yeah, I was like, so I really liked hers because it was very, there was so much um, science involved in what she mm-hmm. was having to say. Um, anyway, I know I'm running a little bit, le- a little bit uh, late on time, but overall, this conference was very helpful, very rewarding especially for the price of like nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i felt like i got a lot out of it that i learned a lot about the way that you know Kess's brain worked um and ways that i could use that knowledge to advocate for them to assist them at home and to work through conflict and problems. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I was like, this was right. I, I did this conference right on the heat on the end or the tail end of like that fall break trip. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, I went on fall break and had like those realizations about my parenting style and what I needed to do differently. And then I listened to, you know, five days of sessions <laughs> yeah about other things to do and I was just like okay I get it um but I will say that you know it's really I know that I am far from perfect and I screw up so much but one of the nice things about listening to these sessions was that the resounding um message was that these kids are doing the best they can and it mm-hmm. is so important to not get locked into making them feel bad about themselves <laughs> you yeah. know just yeah. just to try to make them compliant or to make them whatever like no like they 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 really are trying really hard um mm-hmm. and you know you can't be permissive but there are ways of being structured and putting up boundaries and being firm while still being kind and being loving, you know, like this is, you don't have to tell them that they're horrible kids or, you know, be ridiculously punitive in order to just like set a boundary and say, no, this is, this is just how it's happening. I'm really sorry. You know, we're moving forward. This is why. Um, And, this is how it is and being able mm-hmm. to you know put all that into play and um but it was good to just know that my instincts even though I wasn't always great at executing um mm-hmm. that my instincts about I think that what I need to do is like just love my fucking kid um yeah. was the right way like was like the right approach to take in this mm-hmm. situation so that was also good to be like okay <laughs> i haven't completely yeah, I'm failed on the
0: right track yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly
1: yeah it's like i got a I got i, I got a lot of fine tuning to do but like overall the, the heart is in the right place that we are approaching this from a from a place of love and it'll be yes, okay
0: yes. <laughs> yes absolutely but i was surprised to see when you shared it was a couple weeks ago you shared like Kess's journal and it was very like Uh, sad. Yeah. Almost suicidal. um, Right. Like the, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it was, it was interesting because they wrote it and I was like, um, and they were like, I, and I took a picture of it just because I wanted to take a picture of it. And they were like, you can share that. And I was like, really? And I was, they were like, yeah, I want other people to know how it feels. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. we'll do this, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think that they do get into these, these frames of mind where they get really sad and depressed and they feel really bad about, um, who they are because it causes so much problem, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, and so it is really heartbreaking, but also it's like, I'm glad that they're able to express that, And understand the difference between sometimes I feel like life isn't worth living as opposed to I'm going to go do something about it. You know what I mean? Like being able to understand I feel really bad. And now Mm -hmm. I feel bad so I'm going to write this down so that other people can understand what it's like. And that actually makes me feel better because I'm doing something important. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool that they had decided to to do that as their writing project. Um, mm-hmm. They're really interested in um, trying to help people, help people understand ADHD and also help kids understand that they're not alone uh, mm-hmm. when they're going through it. I think because Kes's first year of kind of dealing with it was Quite honestly, kind of traumatic for them um mm-hmm. in the the situation they were in and some of the some of the people who were involved in their um schooling in their life um at the time, I think that they were uh, uh they just did not you know we were all trying to figure it out, and yeah. I think in the process, they were really labeled as a a really bad kid. Um, And they felt that, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think that because of it and because they recognize what happened, they're really wanting to be able to make a positive impact on other people who might be going through the same thing, which I think is really awesome. Um, And it may be something that directs them. It's like, you know, Ashlyn always struggled with autism still struggles to this day um but never really had any um drive to become an advocate Mm -hmm. like oh yeah you know me trying to get her to advocate for herself is is really hard Mm -hmm. and her thing is she doesn't want to really associate with being autistic because she doesn't want to use it as an excuse. She feels like it's not an excuse. It doesn't explain things away. She should still be able to do these things. The problem is that she can't, or at least not easily. And then she feels really bad about Mm -hmm. failing to do things sometimes. Um, because she's like, well, why can't I, you know, remember that, you know, you've told me to not pop this particular popcorn or whatever. You know, like, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like it's okay. <laughs> I'm reminding you again that you need to do this and this. But, like, also, I understand that you have autism and have a memory disorder where you're not going to remember stuff. And it's okay. Like, but they don't see it. Like, they just automatically yeah. go into a self-deprecating, self um, you know flagellating uh, yeah. situation and I feel yeah. like Kess understanding that ADHD is a thing that has helped empower them to a degree mm-hmm. to be much more of an advocate because hey this is a <laughs> this is the way that my brain works and I'm sorry but hey <laughs> yeah. but the downside to it is I could already tell that it's gonna be you know there's going to be a lot that's explained away like oh well yes i'm rude that's because i have i have adhd mm-hmm. it's like ah. <laughs> oh, yeah you can't well, really that is an excuse right it's like yeah. i get i i get it but uh maybe maybe, maybe don't be rude though <laughs> <laughs> right yeah maybe don't be rude but you don't have to be exactly uh, so yeah. you know the 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 pros and cons of every single every single situation but i am Yeah. I am proud of them. I think that they're working really hard. I know that it's, it's not easy, um, to be, (laughs) to be a kid in this world, um, but especially to be a a non-binary ADHD kid in this world. Um, Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I don't think it's easy to be any kid in this world. I you know work with my kids every single day at my class, most of whom are probably neurotypical and I'm just Mm. like I don't know how (laughs) like your life is so hard like you know and I I mean grown-ups say that in a sarcastic way you know like oh well you don't have any worries it's like no kids have a lot of worries yeah kids worry about you know what their parents are doing when they're not with them all day and they worry about Mm. um what can they do to please their teachers and please their friends when often it's competing issues and, you know, how much is pushing the rules so much so that you're being independent and you're being a little deviant and that's okay. Cause you're supposed to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then how much is too much to where you're hurting someone's feelings or, you know, putting someone at harm or really annoying your teachers to the point where they might snap at you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's, yeah, I
0: didn't think any of that. I, I, <laughs> I was,
1: I was just a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to push boundaries. Oh yeah. man. That's funny. Not even a little bit, not even like I'm going to, you know, mom said not to climb this tree, but I'm going to climb just a little bit of this tree or just a little <laughs> bit higher. That never was a thing for you. I don't know. Uh,
0: I mean, not that I was a perfect kid. Don't get right, me wrong. Right, but, right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I think I usually argued with them, like if they said, like, don't climb the tree, and then I'd, I was one of those kids that was like, why? And then they, would, they wouldn't they would prethink of it right so they wouldn't have their reasons like you talked about at the very beginning of the episode right and so then it was like well i don't understand why i can't climb the tree if you don't <laughs> you know like maybe to be I fair i don't know
1: i don't know that's kind of how kes is though kes doesn't necessarily yeah. um defy what i tell them to do they just argue until <laughs> they argue yeah. argued themselves until, until they the logic. yeah basically yeah it's like okay kid <laughs> Sometimes yeah. sometimes the answer is because I said so. Exactly. Yeah. That's but, just the answer because yeah. I said so. But that can't be the answer because that causes the it <laughs> <that> causes defiance. <laughs> yeah. Uh basically TLDR in order to be good at parenting, you have to think about everything all the fucking time and it's exhausting. Apparently. Apparently. It's exhausting, but it's worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for letting me ramble about that. I took so many notes. Yeah, it felt like I needed to do something with all that.
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Like, you know,
1: share with you know. your, you know, the world. Anyway, I guess that's everything though for now. Okay. And then we've gone okay. long well, over. It's very informative. <laughs> but we'll be back next week. Yep. With something. With something. <laughs> Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about your planner woes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, maybe. I can
0: make some decisions. We'll see.
1: I love you, Stacy. I love you too. And I will talk to you next week. Okey-doke. doke. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: A hoots media production.